Good evening. This is Patrick Donahue. As always, we appreciate you listening to Bible Crossfire every week at this same time. We many times read the passage John seventeen seventeen, where Jesus said, Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. We know from passages like John eight thirty two that only the truth will set us free from sin. John seventeen seventeen is basically saying that God's word, the Bible, defines for us what truth is. So if we want to be set free from sin, if we want to be safe from our sins, we're going to have to follow the truth. Isn't that what Second John verse 9 means when it says, if we don't abide in the doctrine or the teaching of Christ, we don't have God? You can't be saved without God. We're not going to be saved unless we abide in the teaching of Christ, unless we follow the truth. And God's word, the Bible, defines for us what the truth is. That's what this program is all about. Looking at God's Word to find out the truth. We have all these different churches, preachers teaching different things. As we say so many times, you may be getting bored with it, 2 plus 2 cannot equal 4 and 5 at the same time. Both answers can't be right. In religion, all these people teaching different things, they can't all be right. The Bible defines for us what is right. John seventeen seventeen. As the announcer said, if you have a Bible question or comment, give us a call. The lines are wide open. The number to call is 877-655-6755. If you have a Bible question or comment, give us a call at 877-655-6755. While we're waiting on our first call, I thought tonight we would talk about the uh, question, what if we believe a lie? And I'm talking about in religion. What if we believe a lie? I want to start by reading 1 Kings 11-24. through 24. Rather lengthy reading for this program. So pay close attention because it's going to help us to see what happens if we believe a lie. 1 Kings 13, 11-24. It says, Now there dwelt an old prophet in Bethel, and went after the man of God, and said unto him, Art thou the man of God that camest from Judah? And he said, I am. Then he said unto him, Come home with me, and eat bread. And he said, I may not return with thee, nor go in with thee, neither will I eat bread nor drink water with thee in this place. For it was said to me by the word of the Lord, Thou shalt eat no bread nor drink water there, nor turn again to go by the way that thou camest. He said unto him, I am a prophet also as thou art. And an angel spake unto me by the word of the Lord, saying, Bring him back with thee into thine house, that he may eat bread and drink water. But he lied unto him. So he went back with him and did eat bread in his house and drank water. And it came to pass, as they sat at the table, that the word of the Lord came unto the prophet that brought him back. And he cried unto the man of God that came from Judah, saying, Thus saith the Lord, Forasmuch as thou hast disobeyed the mouth of the Lord, and hast not kept the commandment which the Lord thy God commanded thee, but camest back, and hast eaten bread, and drunk water in this place, of the which the Lord did say to thee, Eat no bread and drink no water. Thy carcass shall not come into the sepulcher of thy fathers. And when he was gone, a lion met him by the way and slew him, and his carcass was cast in the way. So we have this prophet that's told by God on his trip not to go home and eat bread and drink water. And the older prophet says, Well, God told me it's okay for you to do that. And, but he lied to him, the text says. And the prophet believed the older prophet, believed the lie, but he was punished 
because he had done something God had told him not to do. And God evidently sent a lion, and the lion slew him. What happened? This prophet was told, given instruction by God, but somebody told him to do something different, and it was a lie. He believed the lie, and he was held accountable for it. It's the same way with us. We have what the Bible says. We have what God says. Somebody tells us something different, and we believe that. We believe a lie. It affects us spiritually. We're going to be lost. Galatians chapter 1, verse 9 says, But though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. The New International Version says, let him be eternally condemned. And so if a person believes a different gospel than the New Testament gospel, what's actually taught in the New Testament, the Bible says he'll be eternally condemned. What's the results of believing a lie? You'll be eternally condemned, according to that passage. The number to call if you have a Bible question or comment is 877-655-6755. The number to call is 877-655-6755. And then 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 10 through 12 is perhaps the most famous passage that talks about believing a lie. It reads this way. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish... Because they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause, God sent them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie. That they all might be condemned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So this says God shall send them strong delusion, because they didn't have a love for the truth, that they should believe a lie. If we don't love the truth... God is going to allow us to be deceived by believing a lie. And then we'll be condemned because of that. Pretty grim, but it's true. If you believe God's word is true. If we believe a lie in religion, we'll be condemned because of it. Matthew fifteen fourteen also helps us to understand this, this same thing. Jesus uses analogy there, as he does in many places. He says, let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. The analogy is, say you had two men walking through a pasture. Both of them are blind. They come up on a ditch. What's likely to happen? Well, likely both of them will fall into the ditch. One of them needs to be able to see to say, hey, let's go around the ditch or let's cross over the bridge. They're going to fall into that ditch if both of them are blind. Well, the blind leader here represents the false religious teacher. The blind follower represents us if we allow that false religious teacher to lead us astray. If we believe a lie, the ditch represents the bad place, being lost. If we allow a false teacher to lead us astray, we're going to end up in the same place he is. We're going to end up being lost. We don't want to believe a lie. We better do what the Brians did and search the scriptures regularly to see if what is being preached is so. To make sure that we're not believing a lie. Because there's all kinds of people out there like that older prophet in 1 Kings 13 that are telling you things that are contrary to God's word. Proverbs 14 verse 12 says, There's a way which seemeth right unto a man, but therein there are of the ways of death. Sometimes there's a lie out there and it seems right. Maybe you're even sincere in believing it. doesn't matter if it's a lie. 
the end thereof are the ways of death. Spiritual death. You'll be, we'll be lost if we believe and practice or teach a religious lie. As I said earlier in the program, John 8.32 says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Only the truth will make us free from sin. I know this seems like that we, it's just like, Pat, you're saying we really have to follow the Bible? <laughs> to some people, that seems like an impossible task. <laughs> because they've been told so many, so many times that it doesn't really matter if you follow the Bible. All you got to do is believe in Jesus. You don't have to really follow his teachings. <laughs> There's nothing further from the truth than that. We read John 8.32. John 8.31, Jesus said, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. So all these people out here claiming to be disciples, they're not really truly disciples if they're not continuing in Jesus' word. They're believing. They're teaching a lie. If we follow that, if we believe that lie, then we're going to fall into the ditch. We're going to have spiritual death just like them. If you have a Bible question or comment, give us a call at 877 877- 655-6755. The number to call if you have a Bible question or comment is 877-655-6755. Matthew from Texas, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Hello. Uh, uh, Patrick, what you were saying about the truth in the Bible, God, uh, God does tell the truth. Am I right? God what? Matthew, God what? God God does tell us the truth on yes. every every matter. Yes, God does tell us the truth. Remember, God, remember the quote verse I quoted, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Jesus said in John yes. 17, 17. So Jesus is saying God's word is the truth. So... God does tell us the truth. You're so right, Matthew, in the Bible. And Matthew, what happens if people are are believing or teaching or practicing something different than the Bible? That means they're they're not following the truth, are they, Matthew? No, they're living in sin. Yeah, and can we be saved if we're not following the truth, according to John 8, 31 and 32, Matthew? No. We're lost. So, but, Matthew, I guess that what that should tell us, the things we're talking about, that should tell us that we need to be diligent in studying the Bible for ourselves to make sure we're not being led astray by a false teacher and then put into practice what we learn from the Bible, what it, if it's morally or even doctrinally. We talk about doctrinal true. matters on this program a lot. You know, gay marriage, and women preachers, and baptism. We need to believe and practice the truth on all of these doctrinal issues, don't we? All right. I guess I'll let you go. Thank you for answering my question. Thank you for your your great call, Matthew. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. If we have a Bible question or comment, give us a call at 877-655-6755. If you have a Bible question or comment, give us a call at 877-655-6755. We've read about four or five passages that teach us that if we believe a lie, it has terrible spiritual consequences. We'll be lost because of that. Let's talk about some some religious lies. First of all, when we have preachers nowadays and politicians or whoever, 
and they say God approves of gay marriage, well, that's a lie. We can read in the Old Testament, for example, Leviticus 18, 22 and 23, reads this way. Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is abomination. Neither shalt thou lie with any beast to defile thyself, thyself therewith. Neither shall any woman stand before a beast to lie down thereto. It is confusion. The Bible condemns in, the same, in just the same paragraph, a man having sex with a man is put in the same category as a man having sex with an animal. Severe, gay homosexuality is severely condemned in the Old Testament. We've read many times on this program, Romans 1, 26 and 27, the New Testament severely condemns homosexuality, yet we have a bunch of different churches and all kinds of different so-called preachers saying it's okay to be gay, even perform these preachers' gay wedding ceremonies. They're telling you a lie when they say it's okay to be homosexual, that it's okay with God. It's a, it's a sin, and 1 Corinthians 6, 9-10 through 10 says those that practice such will not inherit the kingdom of God. They're telling you a lie when they tell you that gay marriage is okay. Don't you believe that lie? The Bible is so clear on this that it's wrong. It always will be wrong because God made it wrong. It's not. When man makes something wrong, then man can change their mind. God said that it's wrong. He's not going to change it. It's been this way from the beginning of time. That's always been a sin, Old Testament and New Testament. It's a lie to teach otherwise. And don't you believe that lie. Another lie that a lot of religious people believe, they swallow it, hook, line, and sinker. And that lie is that you're saved by faith only. It's funny, like the Methodist Church officially teaches in their creed book, justification by faith only is a most wholesome doctrine and very full of comfort. Well, it may be very full of comfort, but it's not a wholesome doctrine because James 2.24 directly contradicts that. Many churches teach what the Methodist Creed book said, you're justified by faith only. But James 2.24 says, and I quote, you see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. So God clearly says salvation, justification is not by faith only, even though many churches teach it is by faith only. Not just the Methodist Church, the Baptist Church, the Presbyterian Church. A number of churches teach salvation. Justification is by faith only. But the Bible makes it clear. You don't. Faith is a condition we have to meet to be saved by the blood of Christ. But so is obedience. James 2.24. If you have a Bible question or comment, the number to call is 877-655-6755. 877-655-6755. Another lie that we're told by many religious leaders is that sincerity alone is enough. But you remember the story of the conversion of Saul, Saul of Tarsus? When he's relating that story, at one point, in Acts 23, verse 1, he says this, or it says this about Paul. And Paul, earnestly beholding the council, said, Men and brethren, I have lived in all good conscience before God until this day. Paul's talking about his previous life, even before he became a Christian. While he was killing Christians, he had been doing all always doing what he thought was right. He lived in good conscience. But was he saved? No, he wasn't. Sincerity alone is not enough. When preachers tell you that, they're telling you a religious lie. Don't believe that lie. Sincerity alone is not enough. We have to serve God, Joshua twenty four fourteen, in sincerity and in truth. It takes both. Joe from Indiana 
Go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. I'm sorry, could you repeat that, sir? Go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please, Joe. Um, how does how does God heal your wounds? Are you talking about physical wounds or mental wounds or spiritual wounds? Uh, mental. Well, one thing I would say is the most the biggest mental wound there is is to know that you're guilty of sin. And Jesus said he shed his blood for the remission of our sins in Matthew twenty six twenty eight. And Peter, by inspiration, said in Acts 2.38, Repent and be baptized for the remission of sins. So Jesus, Joe, died on the cross so we could be forgiven of our sins. And if we'll obey the gospel, repent and be baptized, we'll get the remission of our sins based upon the blood of Christ. And then we can live with a clean conscience and not feel guilty about our previous sins, knowing that we've repented of them and God has forgiven of them, forgiven us of those sins. Does that make sense, Joe? Joe, appreciate your call. Dale from Illinois. Go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Yeah, would you comment on Mark chapter 16, verse 16, and I'll hang up and listen to you, okay? Well, before you hang up, I'm not sure what you have in mind. Let me read it. Jesus oh, okay. said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be condemned. So yeah. I think we were talking a few weeks ago about how that a person has to be baptized to be saved. And this is a verse that clearly shows that. It tells us two things that a person has to do to be saved, to become a Christian. He's got to believe and be baptized. It takes both. No, but think, then it Dale? says, but he right? that believes. No, it doesn't say both. It says, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. So yeah. go ahead and comment on that. Okay. All okay. right, I will. Thank I will. you. Thank you. And so it, it, he said it didn't say that, but it does. Jesus said when he's talking about what to do to be saved in Mark sixteen sixteen, he says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. So if you just want to take the plain meaning of Scripture, if you want to believe God because you love him, instead of trying to get around what God says, you'll know a person has to believe and be baptized to be saved. Now, the second part of that says, He that believeth not shall be condemned. And perhaps sometimes people think, well, it doesn't say anything about baptism there. Of course not. If you don't believe, you can't be baptized. In Acts 8, verse 36 through 37, the eunuch wanted to be baptized. And Philip said, if thou believest, thou mayest. Mayest be baptized. If you don't believe, you can't be baptized. So it wouldn't make any sense in Mark 16, 16, for Jesus to say, he that believeth and is baptized not shall be condemned. Because if you don't believe, you can't be baptized scripturally. See, if you're not a believer, how could you get baptized scripturally anyway? So all it takes to be lost is to not believe. But what it takes to be saved, according to Mark 16, 16, is belief and baptism. Both. And that's exactly what we've already quoted from in uh, Acts 2, verse 38. We have Peter talking to some believers. We know they're believers from verse 36 and 37. Peter said, repent and be baptized for the remission of sins. So obviously, you not only have to believe... A lot of times people say, all you got to do to be saved is believe. No, you got to repent. Acts 2.38 says you got to repent of your sins and you got to be baptized to get the remission of sins. The Bible is consistent on this point. Saul of Tarsus believed on the road to Damascus in Acts chapter 9, but in three days later, he's told by Ananias in Acts 22.16, and now why tarriest thou? In Alabama, we'd say, what you waiting on? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. 
So he wasn't saved when he believed three days before. He was still in his sins, and he had to get baptized to get his sins washed away by the blood of Christ. That's clear in Acts 22, 16. Now, what we need to do is we need to put a little bit less effort in trying to get around what the Bible says and a lot more effort into just to believe in what he says, what he says plainly, teaching that to others and practicing that. And if we'll do that, we won't try to question these passages that teach that you've got to be baptized to be saved. I mean, they're so clear. 1 Peter 3.21 says, Baptism doth also now save us. God would never tell us that baptism saves us if we didn't have to be baptized to be saved. You know, it's the blood of Christ that washes away our sins. We're all in agreement on that. The question is when. Were Saul's sins washed away? Was he saved from his sins when he believed on the road to Damascus? Obviously not, because three days later, he's told to be baptized to get his sins washed away. So in baptism, not when we believe, but in baptism, that's when the blood of Christ washes away our sins. And that's another lie that religious leaders will tell you, that you don't have to be baptized to get your sins washed away. But let's read that passage again. Remember, I'm talking about Acts 22, 16. According to Acts 9, Saul believed in Jesus on the road to Damascus. But he goes into Damascus. He's three days in Damascus, fasting and praying. Ananias tells him, And now why tarryest thou? Acts 22, 16. And, be baptized, and now why tarryest thou? Rise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. That's a religious lie to say a person... His sins are washed away when he believes before baptism because Ananias told Saul three days after he believed that he needed to be baptized to get his sins washed away. So our sins are washed away when we're baptized, not when we believe. That's a lie to say all you've got to do is believe to be saved. You don't have to be baptized. Don't believe that lie. Don't believe that lie. Look what happened to the, the prophet in 1 Kings 13 when he believed a lie. Look what Galatians chapter 1 verse 9 talks about. If you, when you believe a lie, you're going to be accursed, eternally condemned. Don't believe a lie. 2 Thessalonians 2, 10 through 12 says, Those who don't have a love for the truth, God's going to send them a strong delusion that they believe a lie. Matthew 15, 14, If the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. Don't believe a lie. You're going to be lost. Proverbs 14, verse 12, There's a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof the ways of death. Don't believe that religious lie like you could be, bab be saved without being baptized. The end thereof are the ways of death. Nick from Michigan, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. I wanted to ask if gay sex or temptations would be a sin from God. Gay sexual temptations? Yes, Is that sir. what you ask? Did you ask if gay I, I, sexual temptation? I was wondering if your version of God, if that would be gay, or if gay sexual temptations would be a sin. Okay, first of all, I don't have a version of God, but I can tell you what the Bible teaches. In James chapter 1, verse 13 says, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. For every man is tempted... When he's drawn away of his own lust, that lust there just simply means the same as what you meant by desire, okay, or uh, and, and enticed. And when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it's finished, bringeth forth death. So temptation and desire are not sins, Nick. Only when the person is enticed through that temptation and they succumb to the temptation. So the gay sexual temptation is not necessarily a sin. It can be a problem, and it many times leads to problems. It's not necessarily sin, but it's when a person actually 
uh, follows through on that temptation and succumbs to that temptation and commits sin, then it's a problem. That's according to if James I succumb to those temptations and had sexual relations with a man, would I be able to relieve myself of those sins? Say that question really quick again, Nick. If I have gay sex with a man, would I be able to relieve myself from those sins later on in life? Yes. Like, for example, Acts 2.38 says, Repent and be baptized for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So if a person's willing to repent of those sins, gay sex included, and be baptized, he'll get the remission of sins. No doubt about that. I'm going to have to go off the air. If you would like that free one-hour phone Bible study that I offer, why don't you give me a call or text me after the program? Free one-hour phone Bible study at your convenience. Call or text me, 256-682-9753.